before we get to the episode, I just wanted to shout out to my fellow podcasters. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. I want to give something back to you guys as well. If you're looking for sponsors, affiliate links, ads, go on podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot co. And use my code Divine Healing by D to sign up and find sponsors. That's podmetrics.co. Referral code Divine Healing by D. Good luck. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today we have on a feng shui expert. I've always been really interested in it. I've always been fascinated, like from a young age. I read a lot about it. I know a few things, not to Laura Serrano's level. She is a feng shui expert. She is probably the best in New York. Uh, so a little bit more about her. She is also a Reiki healer. She is certified and she founded the Feng Shui Manhattan and Feng Shui Long Island in 1997. She started when she was 12 years old studying Feng Shui under the guidance and mentorship of her mom, who is a certified Feng Shui master named Carol Provenzal. She's also mindfully integrated a variety of holistic healing approaches with these Feng Shui shui practices. Uh, She is also known as a scientific researcher. She's dedicated to bridging the gap between the ancient wisdom of feng shui with modern day science. She also teaches a yearly uh, feng shui certification training program through the Feng Shui Manhattan School in New York. And she's also writing her first book right now. She also has monthly feng shui workshops and weekly virtual Reiki healing circles. She has offices in Long Island, New York City, Los Angeles. She's currently there right now. And she also does in-person and virtual services for residential, commercial, and brand new construction projects. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed recording it with her. Um, My name is Laura Serrano, and I am a certified feng shui consultant based out of New York and California. Awesome. And uh, we're going to talk about feng shui, what it is good for, uh, why we need to use it. Or I just wanted to know, when were you first introduced to it? Like, how did you discover it? Okay, yeah. So the first introduction to the world of feng shui started actually when I was 12 years old. And that was due to my mom. Her name was Carol Provenzel. She was uh, basically studying it in Long Island at the Metropolitan Institute of Interior Design. And that was the first time feng shui was being offered in a formal mm-hmm. setting because usually it's passed down um, orally, if you will. So, mm-hmm. you know, from master to apprentice and so on. So kind of how I learned it was in that old school way where she was being taught formally, but then was passing on that information as she was learning and then also basically brought me aboard to apprentice with her to work on jobs and the jobs ranged from residential to commercial to brand new construction and really my first training ground was actually in dormitory rooms when I was studying Mm. in um, college so obviously you could see from 12 year old (laughs) 
the college grade, you know, there's a good amount of time of absorbing the information and really experiencing it. So that's how you got to embody it is the easiest way to put it, <laughs> live the lifestyle. But that in, a, in short is how I was first introduced uh, through my mother, through the other teachers. And um, in 2010, unfortunately, she passed away. So um, that exchange actually opened up a lot of things for personal growth, obviously, but also mm -hmm. expansion into other healing modalities. And it basically enriched the education of feng shui by complementing it with reiki healing sound healing meditation um more traditional chinese medicine uh emotional intelligence inner child work i mean the list goes on and wow. on yeah so it was you just answered my my next question <laughs> wow keep on <laughs> yeah it, that's great it just like into a whole other stratosphere of spiritual awakening and mm -hmm. awareness uh, even Kabbalah work. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So all, all these facets basically initiated um, a new foundation of growth and expansion. And yeah, so and that's a really interesting way to approach it, because that really does follow the teachings of feng shui, which pull from Taoist traditions, mm -hmm. you know, um, the five elements, yin yang, all that good stuff. But that's why I say this is really a lifestyle embracement and mm -hmm. huge perspective shift <laughs> wow and what went <laughs> better everything. to like learn from your mom it's, oh like, my it's god such a gift it, it really is and and it was and I feel her spirit is definitely with me but now it's interesting because even though I use the word mom mm -hmm. obviously I, I respectfully don't see her like that anymore I see her almost like She's part of my entire healing team when I need that extra help. So That's it's a, so a totally sweet. different I dynamic. Love that. Yeah. So it's it's been quite the journey. <laughs> I'll just <Art>. say that <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part of feng shui? Like, what do you love most about it? My favorite part, honestly, is when when you get to. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. You get to just sit down and hear everyone's life story mm. and yeah there's variables to that but that's part of the practice is that you are offering very deep listening um and that in itself is huge on the healing spectrum oh yeah um, you know just I've had cases where I would walk into homes and uh we would just sit and talk because we want to understand what their challenges what are their goals what their you know intentions are and um, just by allowing them to have space to actually listen to themselves talk, <laughs> yeah, it's huge. So that, that's it. one of my, my favorite things yeah, is just listening to people's stories and helping them empower themselves to change the storyline. So it's not what they basically they have more opportunities and perspective. Yeah. Is there anything that you have helped somebody with? That if somebody else heard about it, they'd be like, how could you use feng shui to help this person with this problem? Like something outlandish or like crazy. Something outlandish or crazy. Yeah, like you've helped somebody, <laughs> like you help somebody with, with feng shui, but like anyone else who's just learning about it, anyone who's listening who just has no knowledge of it whatsoever would be like, no, that's impossible. These two girls are not. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few stories. Um, 
one of the first one that comes to mind is a gentleman who I worked with. Uh, he was associated to uh, PBS and he contacted me and he was very honest, which I respected, mm-hmm. but also obviously very respectful. And he said, listen, I heard about this thing, feng shui, mm-hmm. and I, I want to write about it, okay. but I'm a skeptic. So I said, okay, that's fine. Um, and my main question to any skeptic, good to be skeptical because it means you're very practical also mm-hmm. and you're in touch with self, if you will. Um, I said, are you at least just open to listening to what I have to say? And are you willing to at least test it out? just to see what happens. We'll, we'll treat it like an experiment. And okay. he said, yes. And I said, okay, that's all we need. So he gave us the green light, if you will. <laughs> um, so once I got that, I asked him, sat down with him, said, what, what are, you know, the top priorities for this session since you're going to be writing about it, you know, and all that good stuff. And he basically said, I, a couple things. The first one is I'm going through a relationship um, transformation will put it and he was trying to decide whether to stay in the relationship or not okay and then so that's a pretty normal yeah. you know problem if you will sure <laughs> and uh, the other one was uh, even more intimate to his heart which dealt with his children okay. so he had two okay. children at the time and they were both grown adults okay. but the problem was both of them were to put it simply, they were not talking, they were kind of feuding mm. and giving each other the cold shoulder. Right. No parent likes that or wants that or anything. So so those were the, the two primary situations. And again, he's very skeptical, So, but he's open. So here are our parameters right now. And I come into the space, I do what we call BTB, so Bon Tantric Buddhism Feng Shui, but I'll also blend it with other classical like Eight Mansions, mm-hmm. Flying Stars. But for him, we kept it fairly simple, um, but still powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we do the Bagua map, grid up the home, and that starts to tell a story of the different life sections. And depending on the functionality of each area of the home, that can either be offering beneficial energy or it can be de- detrimental or draining the energy and not helping to support the change a person's asking for. Uh-huh. But the two, the two things that really stuck out to me was one, as soon as we entered into his apartment, he had images of his, you know, deciding to be, will I stay in this relationship or will I go? Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, you know, if you're deciding and this image is right by the front door, just understand that's kind of creating this perpetual cycle of non-decisiveness. Mm. And so, and I said, everything that you see as soon as you walk into the front door, and this is for any home, it's going to set a certain tone of precedence, a certain impression energetically. And it's not just for the front, it spans and permeates into the entire location wow. even as far back as you can go um so he understood that and he was like okay that makes sense and he's like i'll work on changing that and we talked about different elements that he could put by the front door that would encourage actual movement to help him make a final decision um so that was that thing and then the second one is as we went further into the apartment i noticed he had images of his two children up but they weren't of the most updated, you know, 20-year-olds, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
they were basically uh, baby images. Mm. And so I said, well, that's one thing symbolically because feng shui talks in symbols and metaphors. Yeah. If you're encouraging a maturity of relationship between the two boys, then represent that in the space, even if you don't show them or point it out and say, look what I did. I said, the energy still translates. So you're holding it for them. And so I said, that's the one thing I said. The next thing is in the images, both of the boys look completely depressed. Oh, <laughs> I, was wow. like, I don't know what's going on. Here. So I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, as children, why, why are they looking like that? And we didn't delve into that. That's right. a whole That's other like, topic. Oof, but yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm not, you know, certified for that type of stuff. But it's out of my pay grade, huh? Yeah, this is beyond I got to pass that on. But um, I said, if anything, from a feng shui perspective, see that energy as a, a dance between yin yang, we want more yang energy, right. life energy, right? Joy, all that good stuff. Um, and then the last thing I offered him, I said, listen, if, if the intent is to hold space to encourage a, a cohesive relationship between the two sons, mm-hmm. then what you could do is find a childhood image of both of them smiling, maybe talking. Even yeah, right. yeah, just just so simple. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said, that's that's what's going to hold the anchor. And I said, you could place it. Um, I asked him, do they come, you know, to the apartment together? I just like to feng shui is about asking a lot of questions. Nice. <laughs> so ask the question. He said, well, they, they do, but they don't come together. They come separately. separately. So I, yeah. So I said, okay, no problem. So I said, what you're going to do is you're going to find that one image. You'll frame it up nice mm-hmm. and, you know, very simple, whatever, and put it by the area where, you and each son one at a time come and visit with each other whether it's for tea or whatever and I said don't tell them that you did it though just do it (laughs) and just keep it simple and I said for the other images take all the depressing looking images of them down yeah please (laughs) and just put up maybe a couple or so of each of them individually but happy so I said we're shifting the frequency literally and energetically so he said, all right, I'll try that. And he did some other changes. But those were the main things that stuck out to him. And so then eventually one of the sons, the younger son, came through. And they were sitting and catching up and whatever. And it just so happened he glanced over to that photo of him and his brother embracing each other, even from that young childhood. And it touched him so much. It just Aww. triggered something immensely in a good way. And he asked his father, can I take this framed photo? Um, And my client, he said, of course, take it. And I think within that week, he actually got a tattoo of it on his back. And this is a true story. (laughs) So, you know, and that shocked me, too, because the role of the consultant is um, like a person who does psychic mediumship. We're Mm -hmm. not that unless you have the ability, but you're just the channeler you're just providing messages and guidance and that's it and you release any judgment and expectation so when he told me that i was blown away i'm blown away wow that's so (laughs) cute and sweet yeah and then the story continues because um it goes even deeper than that so the relationship between all three of them really began to enhance and and open up 
the opportunity. And I like to refer to the practice of feng shui as like a door opener, Mm -hmm. you know, and then also helping to support to maintain things. But this opened up a huge door for each of them with communication, family dynamics, unity. But then, uh, unfortunately, one of the brothers, he had his own personal, we'll say, journey. Mm -hmm. And he ended up leaving this world. Uh. And but even though, yes, that is extremely sad. The other perspective, again, of this is that at least how I see it, what a blessing that all three of them were able to come to yes. a peaceful place, right? Before that, that transition took, took uh, form. So that was, that's one of the biggest stories that always sticks out in my mind um, when I think about how far of a reach can the practice of feng shui go with people, that's even amazing. this gentleman. Yeah. Well, they say it was probably their karma to fix whatever situation they had. And once it was fixed, the brother had to pass on. Unfortunately, that's a whole other thing. But when people want to know, or they say, why him? Why at this time? There's always a reason, unfortunately, that's bigger than us. Yeah, no, it's, it was, um, when I saw that, of that of that news that it, it did bring a tear to my eye sure <laughs> because i was just like man they worked so hard and, yep. you know but here it is like what you're sharing what's the perspective mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so it's very interesting i'm yeah. looking at it from a healer's perspective somebody who's probably read too much about it gone into it too deep just for my own sanity and just to better explain things that i've gone through or seen other people go through so i tend to look at from that perspective so mm-hmm. i can just learn to accept and embrace it yeah. i wanted to know what is the biggest misconception of feng shui The biggest misconception these days is that um, you move a piece of furniture. No, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) So now, to be fair, um, there can definitely be benefit of that. Yet, Mm -hmm. I think the the potency of that benefit really comes down to understanding again your intention, your purpose, your focus of why. Right. That's Mm -hmm. how energy, momentum, all that good stuff. I would say that's probably one of the biggest things is, uh, yeah, people people don't see a misconception is they see it as something maybe like a trend or a fad mm. versus like this story that was just shared that it can actually be and it is a healing modality because feng shui Absolutely. is one of the branches from traditional Chinese medicine. So maybe to a certain degree. Is might might not be medicine per se in the traditional way for the body, but it's for the soul, honey. Say, yeah, it's so much for the house because the house has a soul, and yes. the soul is an extension of the person. So why are we ignoring all of this? Hundred percent. The land, <laughs> yeah. Wow, so true. But do you take on everybody that comes to you, or have you rejected clients because they're just, you know, they're dealing with a lot of like funky energy you just don't want to deal with. Has that happened? I, yeah, it has happened. And it and it's happened in um, hard ways of learning. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Whoops, right? Yeah. Um, so that's usually how it how it goes down. You know, because when I was training with my mom, mm-hmm. 
we didn't really have the scenarios that I had as I continued on. So it was just like, yeah, you want more complex scenarios, you're going to get more complex decision making. Right. But um, yeah, I've had a, a few people where, let's see, through just, uh, again, listening to or interviewing them, you know, kind of vetting them to see if they're going to be appropriate, where I have had clients say that they've had uh let's say hauntings in their home or mm. they're dealing with some unsettling spirits, which we do address, but there's a limit and a boundary line to that. And this one particular lady called up and she said, Hey, my son's room has really unsettling energy. And I asked what's going on. Okay. He basically said um, his bed would shake Holy <laughs> like, moly, yeah. all these other things. And immediately I was like, no, this is not for me. And I don't want that. I don't want to entangle myself with any of that. So I, yeah. respectfully let her know listen this is beyond the services i can offer right. it sounds like you might need a a, a person who's either a shaman, shaman. yeah, yeah. Or a priest. i'm not you know but the feng shui does have aspects of shamanism but we're not going into battle or or be disrespectful there's nothing like that so i'm like there's something else going on and this is beyond me so i, I shut the phone off did some saging wow. <laughs> i was like oh my god no it's too much um, and, uh, there, there have been clients where let's say I've worked with them, mm-hmm. but then, uh, let's say boundaries were trying to be crossed, you mm-hmm. know, inappropriately. Mm-hmm. So I've had to let that go. And th- again, I, you know, just being fully transparent, you know, that is unfortunately sometimes the reality of being in this type of profession because people usually come to you when they're very vulnerable yeah and so you're just like pouring out love and light I know it sounds corny no it's it's not because I think every healer deals with this like boundaries and people crossing them and no I feel you I hear you yeah and it's um and because I also I'm teaching a, a feng shui certification program and this is a topic when we talk about delivering consultations practicing good Mm self-care this is always a topic that needs to be addressed yes like I said when I was trained um I was young I I didn't you know I didn't have to deal with that type of stuff but now it is something and it runs the gamut male female does not matter (laughs) so you know of course your e-game yeah um but that that would probably be the extent of you know, having those uncomfortable situations either prior to working or I have worked and then I need to not work with them, unfortunately, anymore. So Mm -hmm. do you do you um, like Reiki rooms also when you're working on them? You send Reiki? Oh, oh, do I uh, do Reiki? Um, I yeah, yeah, I'm a certified Reiki master, but I also work with um, all different healing practitioners from nice. acupuncture to Reiki to, again, traditional Chinese medicine, which acupuncture is in there. Um, and even, which is really interesting, I've had experiences with uh, with one gentleman, I remember, he was um, Haitian, and he, he was practicing voodooism, and I wasn't sure how to approach that at first, but I, I only bring this up because again the people you meet it gives you an opportunity to just enlighten yourself oh, yeah. and, and just like learn more about other religions other practices other healing modalities and that was really interesting because he hired me to work in his shop to do a feng shui consultation and he said I noticed that 
my shop is not really receiving the type of business that I'd like with income and, and clients and XYZ. So when I went into the shop, he had his altar set up all the way in the back left-hand corner. And it was in basically the wealth area, if you will, for using the Western Bagua map. So I started to approach it, but then I got this immediate feeling of you can approach this altar because it was in this tiny little room, but you do not have permission to enter. And that was so interesting because I was like, hmm, this is the first time I've ever had this type of, let's say, communication with a space that was so clearly stated with my boundaries. And uh, so long story short, I, I poked my head inside, received whatever guidance was told Mm -hmm. to pass along to him and basically the the recommendation was to just kind of ship shape the space up just to respect it more it was so simple but when people are that close to a situation it's hard for them to see so and he did some other stuff as well but I recommended that um, and then eventually he reported back that things were definitely picking up and the space was feeling lighter and better um, and I, I share that for multiple reasons, but even though the other thing is that, you know, feng shui doesn't have to be complex. Sometimes it's the simplest things. It just needs a little tweaking <laughs> and it will shift things. Right. Is it, is it, you have to move 24 things or 27 things? Uh, we do. So there's another consultant out there. His name is, um, RD Chin and he created this, uh, this recommendation of you can, move 27 objects mm-hmm. and the reason for 27 is because you have add those numbers up right yeah. you get nine. nine so it can relate to longevity and all that good stuff um and so that's essentially what he created and so myself and a few other consultants i'm sure many of them uh have adopted that that principle because it's something so easy it could be 27 things that you release that you move in the house, but you're doing it with intent, mm-hmm. or it can be a combination. I so see. it's kind of like a steroid shot <laughs> you yeah. for the energy. <laughs> okay, okay, that's interesting. Cool, cool. What are some small things that the listeners can do to implement feng shui in their life? That's so like not you know tiny, not big. They don't have to buy anything. Just like, what are some good things to do? Yeah, I would say. Um, just to keep this in the back of your listeners' minds, you know, understand that feng shui starts with the your home mm-hmm. or wherever you're working, right? So we have that. But I bring that to your attention because you also want to know that you can repurpose anything in your house. So you don't necessarily have to go out and buy stuff. <laughs> right. Know, first shop at home. Um, so that would be the first thing. The next is really pay attention. This is more of the inner workings pay attention to your mindset and the emotions that you're carrying in and out of that house on a daily basis. Mm. Um, Because what's, what's really going to happen is that mindset and even where your emotions are, it's going to permeate into the walls and every aspect of the home is going to relate to a different body part. So the walls are going to be the skin basically Mm -hmm. of that home and they're going to be absorbing all that information. And then when we're utilizing different colors, different art pieces of artwork that have particular subject matter that maybe relates to an element or an intention. That's basically kind of like the little acupuncture needles, if you will, for the home to help readjust the energy that's constantly permeating into the space. But if you come into the location 
and you're basically putting simple sending good vibes into that area it's going to be a lot easier and quicker for the energy to be readjusted and to maintain itself at a certain frequency that's going to be of uh, benefit to everybody in the space even if they don't believe in feng shui Mm -hmm. Um, so we're actually working you know re-engineering if you will you want to start from the inside out (laughs) and then once you get that going going back and forth um, start with the front entrance so the front entrance can either be uh, the typical actual front entrance or maybe you're not really using that maybe it's a side door garage door Whatever you're using on a very general level, treat that front entrance with the utmost respect because that's where the breath of life, if you will, for the home to come in. And that also is symbolic of opportunities, new beginnings and everything else that you're, you know, preparing yourself for um, to welcome into your life. So you don't want anything blocked by the front entrance. And you also want to pay attention to the simplicity of how the door is opening Usually we prefer doors that open inward because even direction will play a role. Pulling energy in or, yeah, or pushing it out. So it's a minor thing, but it makes a world of difference. Um, And then even pay attention to the overall anatomy of the door. You know, does it squeak? Does it have a hard time opening when you're turning the doorknob? Um, Is it slanted? Is it heavy? (laughs) How about if it's heavy? I keep heavy doors. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no even no seriously even the weight of it um okay. because there can be times where you do want a heavy door and there can be times where you want something in between right but then you can also have a super flimsy door no 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 <laughs> not flimsy just not like heavy yeah. that i feel like my shoulders are gonna pop out <laughs> yeah and it, and and then you can even go into depending on uh let's just hypothetically mm-hmm. say a person has a foyer okay. How much light, right? How much uh, natural sunlight is coming in? So even picking doors that will accommodate offering more um, what we'll call yang energy to come into the space, to activate it, even with the simplicity of sunlight. You know, so so you really pay attention to the Mm -hmm. door, to the foyer, to the front entrance. And for those who are homeowners, you know, obviously we're in the recording right now is being done in wintertime if you're on you know, the, um, the Western hemisphere of this world, but, um, you know, when spring comes along, take a look at how is my presentation of the front of my house, because that's really where the energy is going to start to approach Mm -hmm. you, you know? So you're looking at the exterior, you're looking at the interior, and then you're looking at the interior of self. So it's this constant cycle of a Trinity nonstop (laughs) dancing with each other. Um, but I would say those would be the first few things. And then uh, your bedroom, always get your bedroom in ship shape because that is one of the power hubs, if you will, to common sense, give you a point of rejuvenation, relax, reconnection, whether you're, you know, with yourself or if you're sharing that space with a loved one or whoever, um, everybody deserves an anchoring of time just to simply put chill Absolutely. Um, you know and it's also depending on where the room is located in the house that can also take on a certain precedence of energy but in its own function uh the bedroom will relate to partnership so having a balanced presentation typically two side tables because it relates to balance and equality solid headboard behind Mm -hmm. the bed um you know those are some base 
key takeaways and also being mindful not to store things under yes. your bed if you could avoid it. I heard if you put <laughs> shoes under, it's like you're always moving. But if you can put mm. something, put like linens, sheets, pillows, things that are very soothing and like mimics like going to sleep or relaxing, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, totally true. Um, anything that's neutral, basically, yes. in energy. Um, mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask about mirrors because mm. I have <laughs> a giant mirror wall, basically, that my bed faces. And I read that that's pretty bad because it can attract some other people from another side of, you know, a dimension to come into my room. Is that true? Well, <laughs> let's let's investigate. It. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do a little yeah. questioning. Um, so since you put the well, first, we yes. want to ask this. Does the mirror, it does capture, right? You said the whole bed itself. Uh, yeah, it does. Okay, so it captures the whole bed. Um, next thing is when did you get the mirror? Um, it was in the house when my parents moved in. Oh, so it's already already in the the house. house. Yeah. Do you know the history of the Uh, house? Yeah, I actually do. So no, no, no. (laughs) I, my parents bought it from an older couple and apparently the wife had passed in this house and she had, she was sick. Mm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And Okay, let's go a little mm-hmm. bit further. Sure. <laughs> um, do you do your parents? Do they remember where that mirror was located in the house with the previous occupants? No, I, I don't know actually. Okay, so so that might be okay for this practical yeah. questioning where the history yeah. stops, right? So now we bring it back to the current moment. So now my question for you in the current moment is, since you have that mirror facing directly across Mm -hmm. from your bed, how do you sleep at night? Is it soundly? Do you feel restless? What are some thoughts? I don't sleep very well. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I don't sleep very well. Um, There was a time where I actually was really afraid to, like, go to sleep. It's gotten better Mm -hmm. with a lot of, like, you know, shadow work and a bunch of other stuff. But, um I just know the more I, you know, become educated about different healing modalities and like read more up on it, that having the mirror is, isn't good and that it might explain Mm -hmm. some of the stuff I experienced when I was younger. Mm. See? Interesting. Could you give us an example? Um, For example, I would, uh, like before, so I had uh, no surgery, right? I, I had trouble breathing. So apparently I mm-hmm. was told that because I had trouble breathing, when you don't get enough oxygen, you kind of like hallucinate and you see stuff. It's like sleep mm. paralysis. So I had like very bad sleep paralysis and I would like see and see something above me. Like I would see this like figure. And first, you know, for a while you're like, oh my God, maybe I'm just nuts. No, I'm not. So I would go to like all these like sleep specialists and they said, oh, yeah, you actually are not getting enough oxygen. That's why you're seeing like these things come around you. It's very, very, very common. Like, don't worry about it. It's like it's a real Mm. thing. It's from sleep paralysis. You'll see like figures above your bed, around your room, this and that. Like more people should talk about this because there's not enough dialogue on it we should talk about this more mm. and we shouldn't say hey we're all cre-. we're not there's something going on there 
So long story short, last mm. September, I had uh, my tonsils shaved down to help with the breathing. Mm. Guess what? It stops. It stops. Mm. Yeah. It, it stopped. stopped. It okay. stopped because I was actually getting more oxygen when I was sleeping. Like I wasn't like huffing and puffing or suffocating when I would sleep. <laughs> I know, good. right? <laughs> Gosh. Isn't that crazy? So everyone check so, your tonsils, please. Yeah. Advocating <laughs> <laughs> is important. Oh my God. Right. Crazy. Um so 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 I'm glad to Thank hear you. that. That's amazing. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> and uh, and and now going back to yes. the mirror, what what are your connections to the mirror in the current moment? Because you said, do you do you still feel it's like kind of off putting or um, what are some thoughts? Like a little bit, not as bad as you know how it was before. <laughs> like I'm not as scared yeah. to go to sleep, <laughs> um, but I just mm-hmm. think that it's loud. You know what? It's just too loud. Oh, yeah. Mm, Okay. All right. So so now we have all this information of what we're able to attain Mm -hmm. right now. So if that's the case, we always look for the practical change, which you did. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Go under the knife. (laughs) Go under the (laughs) knife. (laughs) And then on the other side of this conversation, we're still not ignoring the energetic presence of what mirrors can do. So mirrors can do quite a few things as you already know and experience. Um, You know, they can double whatever they see. They can push Mm -hmm. energy away. That's usually used if you have like bad neighbor syndrome or whatever, graveyards, things like that. Um, And then it can even, yeah, I know this sounds out there, but it can even be kind of like a portal. I don't think that's out there. I was actually going to say that. Is it? (laughs) I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah it it can it can be and how could we describe a portal so a portal essentially is a doorway and there can be various types of portals there can be portals to obviously different dimensions mm-hmm. there could be portals that maybe go into the past there can be portals that bring up past emotions and it takes it and it absorbs it the mirror absorbs it and then it projects it back, back out and that's why one of the first questions I ask is mm-hmm. for you was, um, where did this no mirror idea. come from? <laughs> and then, right? So we, yeah. we're not sure. And then the other question is like, who or what was it reflecting, meaning recording history or wow. pulling in? And then you take that and you place it in a location unknowingly. And if a person is super sensitive to energy, especially children. Or me. <laughs> You know, they could probably feel that. Yeah. Or you or any adult who is who is opening up these abilities and these senses because we all have them. It's just do you want to turn it on or not? Yeah, (laughs) I'd rather turn it Um, off in my room to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) So the the idea here is I'll give you some some possible variables. We're just doing hypothetical scenarios right now. Yeah. So one approach that you can do is. This is real old school, but people can swear by it, <laughs> that you cover the mirror okay. at night. So what that does is it's almost like you're closing mm. the door. That's the easiest yeah. way to put it, right? We're closing the door. We're changing it. Um, so that's very practical. Another practical idea, but it usually requires a bit more expenses, is you release mm-hmm. that mirror and purchase a brand new one so that door is completely fresh mm-hmm. if you will but it's still closed it's just reflecting right. you 
So that's an option if you really want a mirror in the bedroom. The next thing, we'll call this a transcendental cure. Depending on your own practice of faith or other healing modalities and sacred symbols, you could essentially even Reiki the mirror, do the protection symbol, right? Things like that. The idea is that you want to close the door. Yes. That's what you want to do. I do. (laughs) Um, Close the door so that you could do that type of symbol in the front and the back. You're closing it from both sides. Some people might do prayers to close and seal up. Um, But the practical thing is, let's say you do all that and you still feel like close the door, this and that, but you keep the mirror and you still feel something's off then usually it's better to just start fresh or get the mirror out mm. of the bedroom and let that area just be totally neutral with either pieces of artwork or something else um, rather than try to remedy something that is strong and it doesn't want to be closed, then it becomes an issue. So you might have to yeah, test and measure this. Like the other story, just see because firsthand experience is what's going to be uniquely yours what's going to work for you is different 100 percent. and people need it's also just like other random things like hey that haircut won't work on me if it worked on you just, it's another just rule of life that we should all adopt <laughs> oh totally yeah and and, and and that's the thing is like you know swinging back to what we're what we're uh, kind of dancing with is a lot of it is first just before you assume yes. anything, ask questions, you know, reflect upon yourself, say, what do I need? What's going on? And then start to move forward and don't feel like you have mm-hmm. to rush. That's another thing with, with people mm-hmm. I work with. They always feel like, oh, I got to hurry up and no. do this. I'm like, no, I was like, nature isn't rushing. Yeah, like, slow down. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> slow down. Thank you so much for so, the tips. That was yeah. so nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And and last thing is, you yeah. can also do sage. Oh, if you want I do water. a lot of that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm gonna try Florida water. Yeah. Oh, I heard you can make it. I have a few best. recipes that I'm like, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna find the time. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> nice. nice. Where can I everyone love it. find you, Laura? <laughs> Oh, they can find me. The easiest place is just go to the website, fengshuimanhattan.com. And that will have all the social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and awesome. everything and else. And they can, can book you to, like, come and check out their homes, apartments, business spaces. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, work with residential. Doesn't matter the size. It can be a single room. It could be a studio all the way up to a penthouse to condos and beyond um mansions those are interesting i'm sure (laughs) um (laughs) yeah interesting stories with the mansion folk (laughs) and uh and i've even worked with with a gentleman who who owned like a a sailing cool everywhere Um, yeah so yeah so this brand new construction so and we we work uh, locally, we're starting to get back okay, into in-person, you know, mindfully, carefully, uh, but a lot of virtual right now. So 
doesn't matter where you are. You can be in Dubai. You can be in Long Island. Laura will help you. Wherever. So. Except she just yes, won't take spirits out of your home. Remember that, please. Ah, uh, no. That's, that, no. That'll be the dowsing. It's, it's a, a gentle just... spirit. <laughs> yeah. As long as you have someone to refer them to, I think they'll be fine. They'll be... Oh, totally. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a lot of fun with you. Yeah, same here. Thank you. And I wish you all the best for same here. Take care. Have a good one. Speak soon. Bye bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.